he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bolotified. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here with my Bolotophile, Alex Apostolides, and we're here to talk about event entertainment and engagement, as we always are. Hi, Alex. Hello. How are you on this beautiful, rainy day? I am wonderful on this beautiful, rainy day. I'm an aficionado of the rain. I love it. So I have no problem with it. Good. Okay, good. Because um, I, so last week, um, Sir Bellotta, you accused me of telling dad jokes. So I got, I have to live up to it now. So I have okay. a joke for you. Okay. Ready? We're going to start with a joke, folks. We're start with a joke because it made me giggle uncontrollably. Um, how do you make a horse drink? I don't know. How do you make a horse drink? Undermine its self-confidence. Undermine its self-confidence. Make it feel bad about itself. And then it drinks. So you have to, I guess you have to be a drinker to get that joke. Well, you know, when you have to explain a joke, it's not really a good joke. Now, it didn't have to be explained to me, and it was told to me that exact way. So I don't know if this is the teller or the telly. Maybe. Maybe I'm not a real man. <laughs> You're a real boy. It's possible, you know. Uh, okay, but I would I would say that is definitely a dad joke. That's a dad joke, yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so will we be getting these dad jokes now um, every every opening, or are no? I don't think every opening. We want to we want to savor the goodness, but we want to. Is that Saturday. what we want to do? Is that what we, we want, want to, to do? The, the <laughs> OK, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so we, we have some interesting news out of Las Vegas. And um, to their credit, the EDC uh, concert has been canceled. Uh, and I we talked about this last week. We were we were curious as to how they might make this happen uh, in May, but uh, with the possibility of postponing it to, to October. But the promoters, the producers have said that they will give people their money back. Uh, if they'd like to have tickets for next year, they can, uh, they can exchange them for that. But they're basically holding off until 2022. There's just been too much disruption. They've tried too many times to it on and had to cancel it so i think they're feeling at this point like they've just been through the mill so yeah. it's a good decision they're going to hold off and uh again they're doing it with what we would say a best practice giving offering people either a refund of their money or uh to exchange for tickets for next year sad but uh no surprise and what is good news 
is that they're handling it the right way. And it's not yes. going to be another poorly planned festival that leaves people in the lurch, if you will. So that did happen last week. And then last night we had the, the 93rd annual Oscar award. Very, 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 very different than anything we've seen in the past. And we're going to dedicate some time to talking about that because interestingly enough for me and Alex chime in anytime. <laughs> and, and I can't say that I, I'm happy about this, which also is a little conflicting, but it felt like a live event that was broadcast for people at home rather than a televised broadcast. I agree. And the way the, the, the camera angles, the, the way the room was set up, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more too. They even did audience participation, mm -hmm. which to me beckons to what we do in the world of live events, right? So it yep. felt like that to me. And I wasn't, and it wasn't beautiful. So I think that's the problem that I had with it. Um, the, the, I didn't love the graphic design at all. I didn't love the lower third design at all. Um, it was almost as though they felt like in order to show diversity, they're going to put every single color they can into the design. It just, it didn't work for me. Uh, the, the, I thought the camera angles were beautiful and we are going to share a little bit about what we liked about the show, but there were just some things about it right off the bat that I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time consuming. What were your initial thoughts? Um, well, <clears throat> I started with some pre-show and I actually really liked that. So I was kind of in a very good place when it started because it, it felt intimate. It, it didn't feel chaotic. I felt like I was right there with them. And I loved that the pre-show was less about who wore what or who wore who and more about talking about what we've been through and having these beautiful performances. Mm -hmm. uh, like all the, the, you know, the songs that were nominated were performed. So I really, really enjoyed that. And then when it, I, I, I don't wanna go into my top five just yet, but the way the show opened grabbed me. Mm -hmm. So there were elements about it that I didn't like, but I'm gonna say that it's probably one of my favorite Oscars because I felt like I was there with them. Yes, yes. And I think that in, in fair amount is due to the camera angles, mm -hmm. which were exquisite. I thought the mm -hmm. camera work was exquisite. Uh, the way that they really included the audience and made the audience part of the show. And yes. a lot of the shots were of the audience. It's part of my top, top mm -hmm. moments as well. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you liked it. It really, to me, it felt like what we do in our world. Mm -hmm. um, executed very well uh, with, with a lot of creativity, I think. Um, the way they used the Dolby Theater, mm -hmm. the Darken Theater, then they used the Lobby. Um, 
It was long, though, I felt. And I would say on the negative side, some of those, there was no rain put on the winners. So it was almost as though they went to um, really special uh, um, accommodation to make sure that there was this sense of, it was personalized in a sense, you know? Um, and that, that felt real when people were giving their acceptance speeches and just went on and on and on and on and on. Uh, there, I, I think I looked at the clock at um, 535 and there had only been three awards given out in 35 minutes. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be a long show. And so I think there were moments that it felt really draggy and long because they didn't rein in any of the speeches. And also they didn't show many movie clips. They didn't show very many clips. This is true. This is true. And they, you know, I didn't even realize that until you just said it. Yeah, uh, it became pretty <laughs> clear. And, you know, it, I didn't, you know, you have to, you have to, be honest with yourself and say after a while you sort of lose focus and you start doing other things even if you're sitting on the couch in front of the tv because it gets to feel the same right uh and but i it there were times when they did show uh, clips and there were times when they uh they exposed something personal about the nominee mm -hmm. but i couldn't tell any rhyme or reason as to why they, they were doing certain things, certain ways. And I wonder if it had something to do with the post of that particular segment and what they felt most comfortable with. I, I don't know, but it, but it changed with each person, with, with each presenter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I couldn't really tell what that was about. You know, was there, was there a, was that plotted out or was that just, again, a presenter's being brought into the picture and they're comfortable talking about these people or they're not, you know, I don't know. See, that's what I got to me. Uh, in fact, it was even a note I wrote to myself was it felt so less rehearsed in a good way for me. Uh -huh. And it, it wasn't as corny. I mean, sometimes those speeches and they're reading it and trying to pretend like they're off the cuff and it's so corny and I didn't get any of that last night. It felt just like the presenters were up there speaking. Uh, a couple of them, yeah, okay, you're reading, but a couple of them, I just yeah. thought they're, they're off the cuff. Yeah, no, I um, I think I was apprised of that when I heard uh, Regina King mispronounce a word, and I thought, oh, she's reading, <laughs> because I don't think it was prodigious the word, but it was. She didn't say it right. And because I think she didn't catch, she didn't, obviously she was reading it. So I, I, I was more attuned to that. Um, but maybe it also was a function of whatever information they could get from people, you know, because as a fail safe, then you'd have a clip, right? If you're producing the show, let's put this call out there for people to send us personal moments, because you can't write that stuff. You can, right. you can look for it, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work to find those nuggets if they're even available in, in print. So you, you have to ask for them, you assume. And you also assume that not everybody's going to respond. 
and not everybody's going to respond in a timely manner because right. that happens too. Yeah. So I'm just conjecturing that maybe that is one of the reasons why some were introduced with clips and some weren't. I was trying to figure it out during the show. Like, why are, why are we seeing a clip of, of the animation and we're not seeing clips of any live action? I was really trying to figure it out. Uh, maybe if somebody knows, they'll call us. Or, you know, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, it'd be really nice to know. All right, so enough talk about Oscars. Yeah. Okay, let's bring on our guest. All right, so, you know, you have introduction duties. I do. Okay, so our guest today, she's a producer, a director, an actor a singer, a dancer, a musical director, and a composer extraordinaire. Yes. She is a multiple threat. And she's an amazing teacher and mentor to San Diego's up and coming young talent. And many of her students have gone on to accomplish great, great things. I have had the extreme honor of sharing a stage with her and witnessed firsthand her sheer brilliance. So please let's welcome our dear friend, the amazing, the beautiful, the talented Miss Lee Scarrett. Hello, Lee. It's absolutely. And thank you for being with us today, Miss Lee, Miss Lee Scarrett. No place I would rather be on an unusually rainy day in San Diego. This is a fun place to be. Right, right. right. And don't don't you just love the rain? I I adore it personally. I, I love it too. And the only thing my that I, I have two dogs, and one is Miss, Missy and doesn't want to go out in the rain. I'm like, babe, you got. We have a podcast at noon. You are tinkling right now. <laughs> we, have the same, we have the same thing with Lucy. <laughs> She will not go outside if it's raining. And I love a Missy dog. I know, don't you? I love a Missy dog. Because <laughs> it takes I a smart a dog. I run and take myself for a walk in the rain. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Alex, tinkling now. We have a podcast at noon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or forever hold your, your pee. Yes. That's it is, as it was. As it is. <laughs> so I'm happy to be here, especially with you two. What a fun day. Thank you. Well, we wanted to have you here because of not only your talent, but your ability as an educator. We have worked with you, as you know, many times we've worked with Lee uh, when we need a performance uh, and we need it done right. And we, we know exactly where to go. And that's why we wanted to have you on the call, because when we work with you, it's, it's unlike working with anybody else, uh, because you bring something very, very special to the game when you're instructing, when you're teaching, when you're directing. Uh, and that is this sort of sense of manners and appreciation. Uh, and so we wanted to have you on because we the show's about best practices. And right. we feel that you've got that locked in, best practices. Boy, what a compliment. It's, it's really it's part of the center of how we operate not in our own individual artistry, but in a collective imagination of it all and how we implement that. You all have given us lots of opportunities to grow and develop that uh, equation. And uh, it, I think it matters in not only in, in the approach to art, but in the implementation to art, and then in the gratitude universally of, wow, that was a lovely opportunity. And we wanna leave the space blessed and go on to the next space so that when the next opportunity for another artist walks in, they feel the, our gratitude. Yeah. And your artists have mutual respect for one another 
that I believe comes from you culminating it and culminating this sort of atmosphere, if you will. Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. I think that the only way to allow ourselves to be in the midst of great uh, art is to offer our best and to receive our best. And part of that is recognizing the greatness in others and not just being mindful of the greatness in ourselves. And that creates a strong foundation. So I'd like to ask you the, about the importance of training as an actor, singer, dancer, and, and what, your, what your interpretation of training is, how you feel, how necessary you feel it is. It's a good question. I think uh, a lot of my work in my company uh, is preparing high school students to go into a college environment. And um, what you what you learn is there's this extraordinary bundle of raw talent, but without the equation about how to implement that and make that raw talent marketable, it's just a bundle of raw talent. And simply training is saying, here's the equation that takes raw talent to, here's the skill set that you need. Here's, it's kind of like the, the, simple, the simple equation is, if you're auditioning for musical theater, um, don't use um, an aria. Right. If you are uh, auditioning for a classical musical theater piece, you might have a really bang up pop song, but that's not, I mean, does it mean you won't book the job? No, not at all. But is that handing you the most successful equation for being seen and heard and identified and booked? So that, that simple equation gets you from raw talent to uh, an equation that that sets you up for major success. And how do you do that with your students? Because we all know we've been in the theater a long time. There's a certain amount of typecasting that goes on. Somebody has to sort of look the role, feel the role, uh, be able to do the role. How do you teach your students to go after things that they're going to be right for? Yeah, it's such a it's such a good concept. And today that is. Uh, that wingspan is broader than it's ever been. True. And I think part of the reason that that I, I had the great success that I had is, uh, first of all, I had parents who taught me uh, real work ethic, but I but it was also a time when whatever my type was uh, was very sought after. So I it never occurred to me that if I I, I mean perhaps I had some uh, blessed naivete because I thought I sing and I act and I dance and they need people who sing and act and dance and 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 here I am so mm -hmm. and I can I do it right. so, um, and I didn't I, I I just was never taught the sense of um, that person is my adversary I just thought we're all here and it what well, you know let's all just do a show. Um, but I, I think the, the, the preparation for singing and acting and dancing, that multiplicity is extremely important because you can be the best singer in the room and, and you can read your side, sides with someone else and have great chemistry. But unless you can get past the dance call, you're done. Right. So you, in your mind, you can be the best singer in the room, but that just makes you the best singer in the room. And someone else is going to come in and take your dollar if you can't get through all three of those mediums. And that's what MT is. That's what musical theater is. 
and there's you can't change the equation. It's like going to someone else's house for a dinner party and saying, I don't like lasagna. Well, they're serving lasagna. So either like lasagna or bring your own meal, which means right. be, you know, be be your own producer, find your own backing. And that's that's a, a, a fantastic way to address art now. Create your own uh, arena where art is expressed and you can you can implement that in ways that that um uh, are innovative. And right now, I think, I think my thought is always with young artistry and, and with all artistry, if you believe you can do it, then go in and show them. If, if the character breakdown says redhead, tall, thin, and you're a curvy brunette, um, but you know, you can do that material, go in there and show them your belief and your skill set. You can't just have it in your head. You have to be able to back it up with some skill set. But if you believe it and you've done the work and that skill set rises to the top, then you are part of changing the evolution about what the expression of that character is possibly looking like traditionally. And now is the best time for that, the absolute best time. That's a beautiful way. That's a beautiful statement. You're right. There's a lot, there is a lot more flexibility than there used to be in casting. And there should be. And there, and should, there be. should be, and yeah. there absolutely should be. 100%. I, I agree, yeah. It, it's an exciting time because all of the, the limitations that, that were true before are simply being released. And it doesn't, mean, uh, it doesn't mean any less, but I had this beautiful conversation with a college student and she's from um, a fairly exclusive uh, uh, school and she's a, a white gal. And great grade point average, really high skill set. And I said to her, I want you to know you're walking into a college environment where the uh, scale has been wildly unbalanced. And you might find it more difficult to book, but you will always know that you were part of a year and an evolution that rebalanced the scales. And she said, I'm good with that, Miss Lee. Mm -hmm. Good that. for you. That's good beautiful. For you. Good for her. We yeah, saw that. Play, we saw that played out last night at the Oscars. Yes, indeed. Right. Indeed. This... All day. Yes. Mm -hmm. That that's been a, a forthcoming for a long time. But watching the implementation and then the effect of that on our community, extraordinary. It's an extraordinary time. At the the San Diego Rep, where I sit on the board we have been having these discussions about people of color and i would like to say that it's not just about um bringing more works from people of color to the stage but it's about changing the way we cast even the most traditional pieces no right? doubt no yes. doubt i mean there's no character just description that says laurie needs to be a blue-eyed blonde she does not no she, not at all and and right how unfortunate for us that we were limited for decades in seeing the, the, the broad brushstroke that that might have offered us. And what, what artistry was limited under our tutelage that we did not allow to be brought to the surface. And that is changing now, it's a great time. It's a great time to be in casting. It's a great time to watch artistry. It's a great time to sit on the board at San Diego Rep because San Diego Rep is cutting edge for these kinds of issues mm -hmm. and they're gonna make it right.
right sure. on top right on top of it yep. you know yep. right on top of it for sure so you I'm mentioned actually, oh i'm sorry i just no, Alex, I'm actually noticing too that the diversity is as we move into a more diverse accepting diverse culture accepting of diverse cultures it's kind of playing into the minutia i'm even amongst women i'm now noticing a broader spectrum of women being in the spotlight. It's not all about being, as you said, the blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, size two woman. I'm seeing, and I noticed it on the Oscars, I've noticed it on all of the award shows that that diversity is, is uh, it's infectious in the best possible way. And I hope it continues even further for every walk. I agree with you, Alex, but isn't that our job as artists to, to let our art uh, evolve philosophy and implementation in 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 the universe because at, it's not our job to instruct but it is our job to bring art to the surface where someone can ask a question about I wonder why I think that or I wonder why I believed that mm -hmm. or golly I see that I was wrong about that mm -hmm. or thank you for telling my story exactly. and unless we tell all the stories uh we are where our our brushstroke is too limited so I agree with you, Alex. I mean, part of it is life altering art and part of it is art altering, altering life. And it's a beautiful, being, it's a beautiful balance. Being in that pool is great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Lee, how many students do you take in at any time? How many do you have now? I have 76 now. Oh, my wow. Lord. 76 students. I had no idea. <laughs> I have to go now. Uh, really? <laughs> when do you sleep or do you not? Uh, you know what I, uh, I I have to tell you that the changing from working in person to online uh, has shifted some things and I've learned I, I hope I've learned a lot and uh, and really reaching uh, people in this kind of medium through a zoom link um, is a different skill set in some ways and uh, I love what I do so at the end of the day if I worked 12 hours and uh, my intention is always my 12th client gets my absolute best or I can't take that 12th client. Can't take them. Right. So um, that's the I, best practice. And I, I got to tell you, I love I, at the end of the day, um, I learn a lot from them and I feel like I offered them my very best. And uh, that's good life. That's good life. Okay, so how many of them have gone on to do great things? You want to um, talk about a few of those students that have? Oh, uh, well, I directed Andre Day. So how cra how crazy is that? There you go. Um, and uh, I've had several, um, you know, Vanessa Hudgens was my client back in the day. Uh, she used to come into my house and say, Miss Lee, yes, baby, I'm going to be a big star. I was like, Yes, you are. And she was absolutely right. She was. Uh, uh, there, uh, there's a wonderful young boy named Jay's, James Maslow who danced, who did Dance with Stars and did mm -hmm. a, a, a television show and did a boy band. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I will say, I, I say this humbly, I, the list is, is very long, but I say, but I, in saying that, what I mean is these extraordinary young artists just kind of, uh, locked into my life for a chapter and I had the great privilege of watching them and 
and running with them along their path. Uh, Tamira Joy would have uh, excelled in the voice, whether I was her coach or not. So, uh, you know, uh, all of them were extraordinary when they showed up. And I just had the great blessing of kind of sprinkling pixie dust on them on their way. Well, that is very humble for you yeah. to say, but the real reality there is that you could have easily taken those kids off track and taught them in a way that would have ruined their voices. You know, you did not, you kept them on track. You train them in a way that protects their voices, that ensures they're singing correctly, that they're not hurting themselves. And so I, I, I would, I would have a hard time saying you just sort of sprinkled some fairy dust on them. I think that your your coming into their lives at that point was pivotal in them, A, continuing on, B, being as good as they are, and C, protecting their voices themselves, because you also bring that to the teaching, right? You're not just teaching how to sing, how to dance, how to act. You're, you're teaching about the business and the attitude that it takes to be successful and the things to watch out for. Uh, you're, you're almost really more a mentor to these 76 kids than an instructor. And they look up to you because you are not BSing them. You are giving them the real goods. Well, thank you for that. I think what my love? It stays with them too, because I noticed it, it, students that were your former students still speak as lovingly uh, and with such great admiration for you. So Way we were long. we were just with Ebony. Yes. Oh, Hughes, wonderful. In the She's studio. And, and so Alex was with her, right? And I'm assuming that Ebony was grace, graceful, gracious. Uh, uh, I was with Ebony and Sean. And Sean. Love. And Sean. Um, and thanks to you. And this was an interesting situation. And I had to... Um, guide and instruct artists in a way I never had to do in my entire life. And they, those two, along with my daughter, but those two took everything I said to heart and with such grace. And when they were approached in the studio or asked to do something that they felt needed to go through me, all they did was look over. We need to defer to Miss Alex for that. Lovely. Nicely done, my loves. With respect and but very but also because this was something important not only did they do everything respectfully and kindly and gave it their all but they did not back down when they felt it needed to go through me no matter what was said to them you need to talk to miss alex you need to talk and it just both and they both came out and talked to this woman and said we don't mean to be disrespectful but this is how we do things in this field beautiful that was that, well, I'm I thank you for that. I think the goal is always uh, leave them better than I found them. And uh, I, I found them pretty spectacular. So, um, yeah, yeah, that though I love both of them. And uh, and I, I think you can't. My mother used to say, look, for whatever it's worth, I I in love and invest and pray for anybody who comes into my life. And my mother used to always say, look, if you pray for somebody, get ready to love them. And I love them all. I, you know, I want to whip some of them, but, um, but Anthony's right. I mean, I, I deal with young artistry and it's not that, that they are um, impervious to the, the pitfalls of the industry. 
Uh, I love them. And because I do, I stand with them in the gap if a mistake is made. And I, and we make no apologies for being very curt about here, here was an error in judgment. And here's the way you can uh, rectify that in the future. Or, you know, it, it's a postmortem. It's the same thing we do at the end of every show. What did you do well? And so let's celebrate that. And let's celebrate that in your fellow actors. But here are things we can do better. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only way to get better is to be brave enough to say, here are areas that I need to look at that I need to improve in. And uh, yeah, that's how you, we do it. Well, it's almost magical because you have, you have instructed them in such a way that when they are critiqued, they accept it graciously. They say, thank you. They make the correction and they, and they move on. And that I, I like to say to our artists, you know, being on time, looking good, smelling good, that is almost more important than how well you pet play. And it's the same thing with these kids. You know, all of that additional stuff, all of the gratitude and the attitude, it's not going to get them the job, but it's going to make them get more jobs after they show their goods and they show what gracious people they are. They'll continue to work and work and work and work and work. I tell you a quick story. I was on the national tour of What's Side Story. And uh, I happen to be the dance captain and we lost this uh, there because it's such a physical show. Um, mm. We had a lot of injuries and we lost um, our Bernardo and he was so talented, but but had a major injury. And uh, because it was a, 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 a high end show was tour. We uh, the two agents said sent in these two very talented men and um there was one that looked a little bit more right for the part and one that just barely, I mean, they were both devastating talents, but one kind of edged the other out in the look, one kind of edged the other out in dance. Um, but I, uh, the gentleman at the end of the call offered his hand to the one that we thought maybe edged him out and he, he snubbed him. And I thought, uh, darn it, we have this lovely cast of people and this really talented guy is gonna come in and, and uh, Make it he does bad. not have yeah. that attitude. And that's really gonna be unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> the dance captain, so that's gonna make my life hell. That's so, right. <laughs> but I had a few notes for him. Good, so, <laughs> I bet but, you did. Um, but I have to tell you, the choreographer and I were, I was had the great fortune of sitting next to him. And he leaned over to me with a big smile on his face. And I thought he's going to pick this dude. And he, this other gentleman was stunning. Um, <laughs> Another he, reason to have him in the company. Right, he was, right. he was everything on, on paper that we frankly were looking for. But this choreographer leaned over to me and he said, I thought he was going to say, this guy's gorgeous. We're going with him. He said, no amount of talent is worth that bad attitude. He just lost this job. And he booked the other guy. Now, the other guy was still devastatingly talented. It's not like right. he was unlucky. But he didn't quite look the, the, the part as well. And uh, this guy was a, a huge gift to us in the cast. He was really, really extraordinary. Great attitude. He kind of had some, you know, when you jump into a national tour cast, you got to run. You got to right. get in there. You got to run. And uh, this guy, uh, he was just a real blessing to us. But it, it uh, I was very young at the time and I learned a lot from that. No yes. amount of attitude, no amount of talent is worth that bad attitude. No. 
and, and the last thing you want is a me, me, me person coming in to replace somebody because you need a we, we, we person, mm-hmm. right. right? You need to be aware. You need somebody who's aware of these people have been working for a long time to get this symmetry. And I want to be a blessing and, and not slow down the progress. Right. Let me run. Where can I fit in? How can I fit in? How can I make it easy? Right. Amen to that. It's uh, uh, one of the things I've, I've had the good fortune to work with some littles. And one of the things that I always, and it's because of a directing and acting teacher I had who said, I'd rather work with somebody a little less talented, but someone I want to work with because then that becomes my job to bring them up to level. And so, you know, I always tell kids when I'm working with them, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. And if you tear somebody down and you're sharing a stage with them and you've torn them down and they're now a weak link, you're no better. Doesn't matter what you do, how you say your line, how well you sing a phrase. If you've torn someone down, you're now at their level and none of you are going to look good. And that stank is in the room. Right. You you can feel that energy in the room, right? So look, we're all, we all have resumes that, you know, I, well, let me say you two have resumes that you're proud of. I'm proud of mine too. But the reality is I always knew I was replaceable. I always knew. I mean, I, I was always aware that there were many other women in the room who could have booked that job. And I had, I was there and because they believed in me and because they trusted me, I wanted to do more than they were expecting of me. I wanted to, to over, uh, give the, the privilege of having being selected. I I'm good at my craft. I, but I, I know I'm replaceable. I know I am and nobody can do it like I do it, but I'm under no delusion that somebody else can't do it beautifully. That is, that's a deluded philosophy. If you think you're the only one who can stand in those shoes, please. That's correct. I, I, when I first started my business, I, I carry the same philosophy and I still do. Don't give anybody a reason not to call us. That's the same philosophy. And one of the things that I realized very early on was unless you were uber talented or had something that nobody else has, you better be nice because nobody wants to work with a jerk and it will only last as long as they need you. But the minute they don't need you, you're out if you're a jerk. And I've seen that too. If somebody's a jerk, um, I, I think they know they're a jerk and what, what, what an unhappy way to exist in the world. Yeah. Like how far does that get you? It's just such a sad way to function. Why don't it you is. just enjoy the beauty and bring the beauty and let that kind of duplicate in the room? And just, it makes me so sad when someone feels like they have to bring that. Because I think to myself, if someone had could please have a conversation with you about offering your goodness, then you'd be able to get that mirrored back and, and the, everything would flow better. Not just art, but your relationships at home and, and just the way, just the way you move in the world, mm-hmm. like put down the sword and just- And the fear. Yeah, yes. it's so about fear. So yeah. about fear, God bless them. They didn't have uh, an, an opportunity to rethink their philosophy otherwise they would do it differently because nobody it, it must be very difficult to be that jerk too i mean that's a big responsibility <laughs> it is a big responsibility <laughs> i it's never a, thought about a, it that way well, but yeah, you're right it's a, it's a lot of weight it definitely is a lot yes. of weight. which brings me to the idea of leaving your baggage at, at the door which yes. is something that we learn in the theater right and uh is not always easy to do but uh, how do you maintain that in your t- 
teaching and in your productions, that it, idea of leaving your baggage out the door. Yes, it's an important concept. And you, you, you we talked about it earlier. You can feel the stank in the room. So um, the I, I've done it in, in several casts and I, it's, it's beautiful to watch artists align with other artists. If you can feel the angst in the room about, you know, somebody broke up with their boyfriend and, mm-hmm. you know, they just got turned down for the national tour that they wanted to do and their artist or their agent just dropped them or they just failed a math test or, you know, they had a bad lunch, whatever it is. <laughs> um, uh, I, I give them the opportunity to do this. Look, are you feeling uh, that there's some stank in the room? Yes, Miss Lee. Okay. If anybody feels like they could restore that in the room, would you please go out the door, tap the outside of the doorway and leave it outside? And then some two, three people get up. And now if someone is willing to align with them and do that with them and and do it proactively, not just for themselves, but to align with the courage that it took to say, I'd like to leave that outside. Then it acknowledges the beauty of sacred ground. Mm And then what's what's left is I walked out and left my stuff outside and my fellow actor did that with me to align with me. And then I I always say, look, it'll find you when you walk out the door, but we don't have time and place for this. We're uh, the creation of art elevates everything negative in your life. And and if your sole focus is creating art, then all of that goes away. And then when you stop, and we had, I don't know if you remember, there was this brilliant actor in town named Kenny, and he had Tourette syndrome. Yeah. And, um, do you remember Kenny, Alex? I, I got to work with him on stage. I love that man. Love him. Well, Alex will concur. The beautiful thing about Kenny is, and this is the acknowledgement of sacred ground, Kenny never Tourette's on stage. It's like God released him from that and then the minute that he got off stage we would hear him tick mm-hmm. and that's the acknowledgement of sacred ground yes, and there's is. no explanation for that that's just not a concept it's just not a hallmark card that implementation in his life he when he was on stage he never tourette's isn't that and something stage, isn't that amazing it's like that was his safe space on stage <laughs> yep 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 so your, your, your troubles will find you when you leave the theater. But part of the blessing of, of being uh, creating art is leaving everything that doesn't serve the, the process. Leave it all and just be available. How do you get them to your students to challenge themselves, reach beyond what they think is possible for themselves when you see it so clearly. What are some of the, the tactics you use to you know, push people a little, little bit beyond their comfort zone? Well, I, I, when somebody does an assessment with me, I say I'm not a passive coach and they always say, oh, that's great. And I'm like, okay, let me break that down for you. I'm gonna say to you, I gave you this song two days ago why don't you know your lyrics? I always say when I'm preparing for a show, I need a Miss Lee to kick me in the butt. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, I need someone who's going to require more of me than I'm. But look, I, it, it, the, our job as mentors and educators and teachers and directors, our job is to re- not require somebody's mediocrity. Anybody can do that. Our job 
job is to command their excellence. And once they're connected to their excellence, that doesn't just implement itself in the world of art. It means they live in their excellence in their relationships. They live in their excellence in the world of finances. They live in their excellence in the, in the world of, of being responsible and reliable. It elevates every area of their lives. You can't mm. just be connected to your excellence from eleven from eight to eleven. Right. Once you're connected, you have that information. And you're responsible for it. So it. I, I will say uh, it. I always say it's the most loving thing I can do is to require somebody's excellence and not be satiated with their mediocrity. Right. What do the parents tell you? Will you please tell her if she doesn't write her college essays, she's going to have to move out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> You're the defunct uh, uh, disciplinarian. <laughs> well, I, if I had a dollar for every parent who said, if you don't, I'm going to cancel your voice lesson. And that was the motivation. I was like, please, don't, please don't make me that. But thank you. I think um, uh, I look, I'm just part of a team that really loves kids and wants great things for them. And um, and I I will say uh, I I am a tough coach. I'm not a passive coach. No, but I, I, I think that's it, they can be mediocre all by themselves. And uh, it's important to me that they know I know they're great. I mean, that's the best thing you can do for somebody is, is to let them know how capable you know they are. And, and you know then what? when are you getting there? Excuse me. Well, I just want to tell you that permeates even beyond the students. Uh, when we perform together, when I'm in a show that you're directing, uh, I... I want to be excellent. I want to be a somebody that is a uh, um, an asset to the production and somebody that's an asset to you. So I feel like I have to go in totally prepared, right? Because yep. I know it's you, right? Yep, right. And, and you always were and always are. I mean, that's the beauty. And in finding an opportunity to uh, to watch that the the people that are around you being inspired by that iron sharpens iron and then we're all clicking high mm -hmm. you know then the frequency raises it's it, the, it's the beauty of collaboration yeah. <laughs> you you said something when we were doing legally blonde and i came into audition and just before i came into audition you said to the kids all right kids listen up and see how it's done and i went oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but i was correct thank I you was for correct. that <laughs> thank you thank that's you. very kind of you thank you they watched and learned that's part of the beauty of working with professionals that um you can't teach somebody how to do something you don't know how to do you can't what's the value of that that you, then you're frauding so you, teach somebody how to do what you know how to do like i can't I don't come to my house for a meal, y'all, but definitely <laughs> prep, prep for an audition here because I'm going to, I know how to do that. So um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between creating a character on stage behind the fourth wall and what we do in the world of event performance for the most part, it's more presentational. Yes. Can you talk about the difference a bit and and how you prepare for those differences sure. maybe? Sure, sure. It's a good point. I think so much of that is like the difference. It's they're the same craft, but they're two different styles. It's kind of like uh, the difference between tap and ballet. They're mm -hmm. they're both dance art forms, but they're very different in in implementation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think corporate work 
we have to remember that the audience that's been um, drawn for for corporate work is a very specific audience, and the the audience that's been drawn to uh, to to a theater endeavor, for example, chose to be there for a for a multiplicity of reasons. So I think the answer is always number one: What's my audience? And what's what are they looking for? It's kind of like cabaret. You when you when you choose the art form of cabaret, I think it's so important. Uh, I do this a lot when I when I uh, watch people's cabaret shows. My my uh, my guess is always that they are singing songs they like. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, I think you have to be mindful of what does an audience want to hear you sing. Those those are very frequently different things. Nobody wants to hear me sing some sweet little thing. They'd be like, what, what's wrong with Miss Lee? What happened? But they want me to sing like, throw down and you know, kill him and saucy this and that. An audience does not want, want to see me do Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. It's just too big of, it's too far a, a, a diversion. Right. But, but I think knowing your audience is really important. And then the being in a play or a, a musical, there's this long graph and corporate America is, there's a section. And um, I have a favorite director who always said, you do, you do the first act and that's why God made intermission. And then you do the second act. You, mm-hmm. you get your mind on the section that you're creating. And I think the, the other thing I will tell you is in corporate America, if you're aware of your audience you can reach that opportunity because it is not about ego. And if we make it about ego and make it about the performance or about the the uh, you know the finale or the the curtain call, we're we're off track already. Mm-hmm. So it, being mindful of what the audience needs from us, and then standing in that space, whether that's presentational or whether that's more interactive and not breaking the fourth wall. It's, it's really about knowing what our, what our goal is uh, for mm-hmm. what the audience is looking for or, or what we can bring to the table for the creation of what, what's been required of us as actors. Present- I love presentational theater. I love breaking the fourth wall. I, I, I think it's an opportunity to uh, invest in the energy in front of me, mm-hmm. but, but breaking the fourth wall when the fourth when that when the audience doesn't exist philosophically, um, we know we're out of the pocket. Just tell the story. Right. Just- uh, have you noticed that some uh, take to it a bit more easily than others? The style, the presentational style. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I think uh, I, I liken it more to cabaret because I do so much of that. But um, it, yes, I, I hired this really brilliant musical theater star in town. Oh, my gosh. He's so gifted and so brilliant. But uh, we were at Martini's and you all know him and I won't say his name because it might embarrass him. But I think he's so talented. He's like he's freaky talented. And he came up to me before his first set at Martini's and he said, I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> and and his his point was this. Uh, performing under someone else's name and embodying someone else and telling someone else's story, there's a safety in that because you're kind of in this bubble of um, uh, equation or something that's been established already. But standing 
as self, like you do in corporate America, uh, requires a certain vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you have to really be aware of how, we always say being on stage as self, and, and even in, in musical theater um, or a play, it's the most, it's the most vulnerable you'll ever be, but it's also the most powerful you'll ever be. And if you can stand in that pendulum swing and really be aware of everything I need, I have. So if something comes up, I'm going to just let that pendulum swing to the other side and dig into my gifts and then release that to the vulnerability of the moment. Yes. And, uh, yeah. That, I think that's the difference. I think that's it. I cannot agree more. I remember doing a show with Harris Goldman. Oh my gosh. It was easily 15, 16, maybe 20 years ago. And I was playing, I was in his show and he said, Anthony, just be yourself. And that's when the clock went off. I mean, that's when the the bell went off in my head. Oh, you mean I could just be myself for, it was so hard for me to just be myself. It's hard for us to do. Yeah, right. Great advice. Wait, it, but it's isn't it a choice to be able to say I'm going to really let someone see my soul, or I'm going to pretend to let someone see my soul? And um, you can fool twelve people in the audience with pretending to let twelve. Right. But when they really feel like, and I've been to your cabaret show, so I I have seen your soul. That the the opportunity to really allow someone to see a glimpse of your soul. I always say our private story is not for public consumption, but if you let someone see a glimpse of your soul, that's great art and 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 that's choice. And you said it too, just a moment ago, the vulnerability, when you allow people to see that, it's amazing how how they'll connect with you. And yet it's the last thing you want to do when you get on stage is be vulnerable, right? It's almost counterintuitive. You know, it's right. almost it's almost as though letting the mistakes happen and let the, letting them be what they are rather than being so fearful of them, because once you just let it be what it is, then you're in the moment, you're having a good time and that translates. Absolutely. And isn't that the kind of show we all want to see? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. I, I can't tell you how many times somebody I've heard somebody say, look, it, don't worry if you make a mistake. That's probably going to be more fun for the audience than if you don't. You know, right. uh, and not that we go into something wanting to make mistakes, but it does free you when you think that way. When you think, look, you know, nobody knows this show. Uh, I'm the only one who knows this material, right. right? I have some freedom in that as long as it's delivered the right way. And it's not that I want to make mistakes, but I can't get so, you can't get so bound up in what could happen. You have to just focus on on the material and what you know and not get so worried and freaked out about all the other but stuff. But that's the privilege. It's an opportunity to show Yes, grace. but that's the privilege something of, of live theater. I mean, otherwise do film. Mm-hmm. If you need it to be perfect, then you're not, a, everybody that I know that loves being in, in front of a live audience, that's part of our skill set. Like something falls or somebody drops a line or an entrance is missed. That's when we all start to bubble to the surface and say, right. <laughs> right. <In a> moment. <laughs> and sometimes yes. something so amazing happens out of all of that. Yes. That you then implement it and you wouldn't have known it had it had it not happened, had you not all shown grace, had you not rolled with that punch, you might have missed the most amazing opportunity you ever had. 
I agree. We were. I was in a production uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, I was the oldest broad in the place, which is no surprise. Um, but uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of uh, this beautiful theater, and uh, the lights went out, and the exit lights were still enough glow, but like they lost power, and all these children like looked at me like, "What are we gonna do, Miss Lee?" <laughs> Babies, I'm sorry, I forgot to pay the light bill. Blam, curtain, let's go. Because the, the, <laughs> we just kept on cooking. Because right. what, do you, what, what are you gonna do? In the midst of it all, um, live theater is about being in the moment. And it's the, it's the reason we say when something falls, don't pretend it didn't fall, pick it up. Yeah. Yes. Right? Or if, if a noise is made, acknowledge the noise. Respond, um, right. Yeah, be in the moment. That's that's the privilege of being kinetic and being alive in the space versus pushing a button and just delivering a performance that is not experiential. Yes, yes, yeah. totally agree. And that and that does take work. It takes it takes practice to build yeah. up that skill and to build up that muscle to be able to respond. You know, at a moment's notice, it takes some practice. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right? And you carry it over into auditions. Right. The, the best, the most fun audition I ever had was the piano player halfway through the song, just stopped playing. And I turned around and said, oh, no, no, we keep going here, sweetheart. Yes. And I went on and did it. And it, I learned years later, that's actually what got me the part. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So it's just that, again, opportunity to show grace and make it happen when it happens. Instead of, I've known singers that would have turned around and just tore him a new one. I already right. went over to me, you know, and like, why? Right. Right. And that and this, something for me, I, something good. And because, because it's a very quick decision that you make, mm -hmm. it has to be inflexive almost. It has to be second nature. So, you know, the fact that you do it and you practice it and you take the high road becomes more, uh, it, it gets in your body, right? And so that when those moments happen, you're ready, you're prepared. Rather that's than... what work that comes in too. I mean, if you know your material so you can really swing the bat, um, that's different from, I, I think I can swing it and your muscles right. are tight. No, that's where work ethic comes in. So that working actor voice can really be talking and really be uh, funneling the performance, but you can always also be electric in your availability to other actors. And uh, we, we've all done shows where we thought, please don't let me mess somebody else up. And that's that. That's not our best work. What it needs to be is let's do all the work, and then I want to be completely available. And if so, when we read a scene, we read cues and our, like I have kids who come and just say their lines. I'm like, well, no, baby, baby, baby. You have to know your cue line. So if your cue line doesn't happen, you can connect that material. You can't just say your next line. No. <laughs> talk. Listen. Talk. Listen, <laughs> it's what they, what's difficult about creating art in Zoom, because I have some clients who are saying, I'm supposed to just say my lines, but I don't hear the other actor. Like, then you have to spend time with your other actor and know, know his work or her work well enough that like when I do work with either one of you, I, I can hear your voice in my head and I know I can respond to. But part of so much of acting is listening, as you say, 
listening, responding. And to do that over Zoom without that impetus, without that stimuli, that's a totally different skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we're coming out of it, but but that's the work that has to be done before you get into a Zoom uh, call or before you film that scene. And uh, that's work. That it's, it's letting it's letting you swing the bat or throw the frisbee it with complete abandon rather than I think this is right. No, that, that's that feeling. No. That's yeah. Lee, what are your upcoming projects? What are you working on? I just filmed a project um, last Sunday. Wow. Uh, uh, I just had the best time. Uh, just, I had the best group and we had the best time. Uh, one person did get stung by a bee, but she was, because uh, we shot outside to try to be safe and we kept masks on. It's just a very interesting time yes. to uh, tell a story and just have eyes, just have eyes. Uh, but they did it, man, they did it. And I'm um, I'm also doing a project as a gift for a local theater. Um, creating a cabaret experience um, with some of these films that we've done and connecting some real pros in town and giving that as a gift to their entire season ticket base for thank you for hanging in there with us. Good for Even you. though we weren't able to create during this because some of them said, we are season ticket holders and you don't need to return our money. Mm-hmm. And as a thank you, we're simply offering this uh, gift. And one of the things we're going to do is ask questions to the artists. What's the best piece of advice you got, you've ever gotten about theater? And then we're going to kind of streamline them in because I'm so interested to hear what everybody's, what they think is the best piece of advice they've ever gotten. I'm so excited to hear about all those things. Wow. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. And then the most important production is Tiffany Jane is going to have a baby. Yes, she is. Yes. Little Miss Jane. Penelope. Little Penelope Jane. I'm so uh, excited. Is that is that is that uh, formalized, the name? Penelope Jane. Love it. It's a great name. Like that. I was just speaking with Eileen Bowman, who we all love in town. And I just thought, you know, I'm just... I, I want to express this extraordinary gratitude of like, look at this beautiful life I get to lead. I get to, I, I told her I was able to speak with, with you all today and the, the clients that I get to see and the business that I get to run and the art that I get to create. And I know I'm in the middle of a pandem- pandemic, but it doesn't matter. It's all, it's so beautiful. The, the blessings that, that are out there, if we just look for them. They're all over the place. And yes, has it been, have there been bumps along the road? Yes. But they're either bumps along the road and you get some trajectory from that and you get some air or you just are stuck on, there was a bump. Right. So right. let's just get through the philosophy of his heart. And, uh, okay. Outsmart your circumstances, my friends, please yeah. outsmart your circumstances and live your best life. Because nobody wants you to be stuck at this speed bump. Nobody. That doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve any of the people that love you. So let's look at the air that we just got from that. Or look how we just got beat up and giggle about, oh, we just got beat up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for helping me up. I I just got landed on my face. Thank you for helping me up. That's our community in this, in the midst of all of this 
I, I, I'm not trying to make fun. It, it, it's a challenging time, but I, I believe we are strong and resilient and, and we are overcomers. Outsmart your circumstances. Find different ways to create art. Stand on a street corner and sing a song. That Please don't feel limited as artists simply because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Outsmart your circumstances. You can find a way. If you really want to create art, if you really want to create art, you can use the pandemic as an excuse to not or you can overcome and and lead us all in ways that we didn't know that existed and we'll follow your lead. Be that person who leads us out of the dark. Be that person because that's what I want to be. I love it. I I do too and that's been that's been obvious since day one of this pandemic because you have not slowed down one bit. <laughs> no, not one not. One. <laughs> Excuse me. And you know, you found the solutions, right? You could have right. said, but no classes, no students, no anything until this is done. I can't deal with being online. I, I'm not a computer person, blah, 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 right? Right. But, but you can't, right? You just push forward and you make it happen. And that's why we love you so much because of the energy, the attitude, the graciousness that you bring. And I heard somebody say not too long ago that the key to success is bringing more value than you take. And yes, that's, that's good, Anthony. That's, that's you. Good. That is well, oh my gracious. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor to hear that. Um, that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to be. Look, I, I, um, I've had a lot of blessings in this world and, and, um, and I want to be a blessing. I want to show up big and be a blessing. You are a blessing, Miss Lee. Thanks. You are. You and Miss yeah. Alex, blessings. Yeah. Both totally. of you. Miss totally. Alex, everything. We, we yes. love working with Miss Alex. There's no doubt. Everybody talks too. about Miss Alex, the goodness of Miss Alex. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you for the opportunities through the years that I've had with you. And thank you for the privilege of, of bringing what I think is um, my, my wingspan to you and finding value you in them and continuing to book them as artists in town and uh, seeing the extraordinary nature of what they bring. And I'm, I'm thrilled to have been a little part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it is. It's not over. We'll, yeah. we'll be coming back for right. sure. No, you didn't sure. go anywhere. You're, you're, we're yeah. still hovering. We're still hovering. Yes. Yep. Yes, sure. for sure. It's yeah. always for us. It's always uh a yay when we get to work with you. So well, yes. the same way. And so do all my clients. So do all of the artists that we get to we, when we know it's an Anthony Bellotto, everybody's bubbling. They're yay. They, yay. Yeah, we're excited. We're yay. excited. So thanks to you and your students. I, I you know, you've expanded my friend base as well. <laughs> well, they all love you expanded it. They all love you. They all love you. That's that's easy. You're easy to love. Um, well, it is important for us to be extensions of you and to ensure that when we have them in our stead, that we are an extension of you, teaching them the same thing, expecting the same things, because otherwise we're not doing you a service. Uh, you know, it's you as their director, as their teacher, you need to find the right kind of uh, um, opportunities for them and not put them in the wrong kind of circumstances. And so you do that beautifully and we love it when you entrust them to us and when you're part of the, uh, the equation with us. And uh, now that the world's opening up, we'll be back at it very soon. You can believe I'm that. ready. I'm ready. I got my pen out. I got my day book out. Good. Let's make it happen. Let's make Good some, girl. Let's create some art, baby. Let's create some art. 
Stay and beautiful. A lot of awesome opportunities to a lot of really talented people. We definitely will. I look definitely. forward to it. God bless today. I know you have a long day of teaching ahead of you. Uh, and it's only one o'clock, so you've got a lot of hours left to do. But I'm ready you. to go. I'm I'm excited. I get to take the things I learned today and the inspiration I got from you and Miss Alex, and I'm I'm ready to share it with them. Ready to share. We love you, Miss Lee. I love you. Thank Lee you. Scarrett. Have an incredible and blessed day. Thank you for joining us today. This has been Bolotified. I am Anthony Bolotta, your host. I'm always here every week as I am with Alex Apostolidis, my Bolotified partner in action. Please like and subscribe to us wherever it is you find your podcast. And hey, ask us a question. Ask me a question. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Alex. You know how you do that? You just go on bolada.com and look for the podcast tab and then look for the field and type in your question and we will answer it or type in your comment. Just be nice. Uh, that's all I've got. Say goodbye, Alex. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You and you too. just look gorgeous as always. Oh, always, 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 always. D'Angelo said no, no gown today. So I was like, okay, I'll try <laughs> I, I think someday it's going to be my goal to see you outside of you yourself when you're not like made up and ready to go. Like I'm going to come and knock on your door one, one morning at 5 a.m. not going to answer. <laughs> this is what, 5 a.m. You're going to see this. Oh, really? You're going to see this. <laughs> To put Dang. gas in my car, I, I need to pull up. Like I need, I think I need a brooch. I'll be back. I need a brooch. I'm not going to show up and putting gas in my car. Not correct. <laughs> Do you? How long does this take you? Fifteen minutes. Ten minutes. I was going to say it, it has to be quick. Fifteen minutes. I have no time. I mean, yeah. I I love fashion. It, I just think it's part of the extension of our artistry. I love fashion. Like when I fall asleep at night, I dream about fabrics. Like in another time, I was a fashion designer. Wow. Uh, just love fashion, but but I, I I'm not about um, not about staring in the mirror and like this. If this is more than 10, 15 minutes, then somebody has to make an adjustment. Well, it goes to the, together very well, so it's a good thing it's easy, right? <laughs> Thank you. Everything is in my reach. Right. <laughs> you have a great day, Miss Lee. Thank Golly, you so much. Thank you. Both. What a blessing. Thank you so much for the privilege of chatting with you all. Right back at you.